Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Podcast, equipping people to live successful Christian lives. John chapter 15, if you have your Bibles today, and uh, as we go back into our journey through the Gospel of John and uh, how to live for Jesus, Jesus wants us to know how to live for Him. You know, there's a huge difference whatever compass points you towards magnetically. Did you know that? Every compass uses a magnet versus true north. Magnetic north is not the same direction as true north because true north is a fixed point. The world is always going to try to pull you off of God's direction for your life. Did you know that? Yes. It may be just a few degrees off, but over time, if you will allow that, you will end up in a place that you never intended to be. And that's where some of us are today. And I want to talk about this as I talk about the true vine this morning of John chapter 15. You know, maybe it's in this season of COVID, maybe it's in this season, something else that's going on in your life, maybe that you have been thrown off a little bit. And we've been looking at the Gospel of John this year, and I pray that you have been orienting your life in line with Jesus and trying to be more like him. That really is the goal as we look in the Gospel of John. Have you been thrown off of uh, your direction lately? Maybe this year? Maybe, maybe you go back and you say, wow, when I was in college, you say, well, I can't think of anything in college. Well, that's because you can't remember anything about college, right? <laughs> I don't even know what I'm talking about. Huh? And uh, so many times we can substitute other things for Jesus that were never intended to be substituted for. You know, I don't know. I'm sure we can say that in all of our lives. There's something in our life, maybe today, we've substituted something else for Jesus Christ. You know, if I look back and I think, well, I've substituted many times my Sunday preaching studies uh, for a deeper devotional walk with the Lord. There are things that can come in gradually that begin to take us off course. But there's a big difference in learning about Jesus and being connected to Jesus. Isn't that true? Can you relate with that today? I hope that you can. And it's not that you maybe don't want to be connected. You, you just feel disconnected from God. And if that's you, this message is for you today. So I pray that you would just lean in. And together today, we're going to look at another I am statement in the gospel of John chapter 15. And this next statement of the I am is all about being connected to him. How do you do that? Well, let's look at John chapter 15 and verse 1. He says, I am the true vine. Can, let's say that together. I am the true vine. Now, I love that word true because what he's telling us is there are other vines that you can try to connect to in your life that you will think that will produce fruit, but they do not, right? Something actually maybe that's in our life today or has been in our life in the past that something that you thought was good, but actually it's fake, 
I mean, have you ever seen fake fruit that just looks so real? I remember being a kid, and I'm not sure where it was, whether it was my, house, my house or my grandmother's house, that it was a waxed piece of fruit, and I took a bite out of it. You ever done that before? I mean, you thought it looked so real, and then you're trying to peel the wax off your teeth afterwards, right? Something that looks so real, but that was so fake, because what happens is, is fake fruit leaves you empty. And Jesus says, listen, I am the only true vine. He is the only fixed point that he wants us to fix our life on. And then you look in verse 2, he says, he cuts off every branch, he says, in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that we will be even more fruitful. Verse 4, no branch can bear fruit by itself, it must remain in the vine. Remain is the word abide that we've heard so many times already in the gospel of John. He says, you have to remain. You have to abide. He says, you have to stay connected to me. And when Jesus uses the word vine, the Greek word is very specific. It's not just any vine, but it is a grape vine. That's the vine that he is talking about here. We, we live in this beautiful area of the Shenandoah Valley, and around us are grape vineyards. We, we drove past one yesterday. In Jesus' day, there was vineyards everywhere, everywhere that you looked, because that is what was part of the agriculture. When Jesus' disciples were listening to Jesus, and he says, no branch apart from the vine can produce any fruit, they're like, yeah, no duh, Jesus, we get that. So Jesus goes on and he tells them really what he wants them to know because of it. He says, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And this is a weighty statement inside of this chapter and verse. What Jesus is saying is apart from you being connected to me, you cannot produce fruit in your life. What we're told in and through this scripture is staying connected to Jesus is the only way and the only way your life will produce fruit. It is the only way, and that is a very bold statement in and of itself. The context, though, you see, Jesus gives, it adds even more weight to it. As we look at this, many times when we read scripture, we really don't know where Jesus is at physically. Well, where, where is he? In this section, where was he at? Well, scripture tells us where he was at. Because in chapters 13 and 14, we know Jesus is having the last supper with his disciples. He's in the upper room in Jerusalem. As he goes through 15 into 16, 17, and 18, Jesus goes to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. He's arrested, and the next day, he is then crucified and killed. And if you look at an ancient photo of Jerusalem, when Jesus is talking to his disciples in chapter 15, saying, I am this vine, that's who I am, he's, he's walking, you understand, and at the end of chapter 14 with the disciples, out of the Last Supper, and he says this, come, come, let's leave now. He gets up from the table, and he's going to walk to the Garden of Gethsemane, and he walks there, and he would have to pass by the temple to get to the Garden of Gethsemane. 
The Jewish temple, as we've talked about, was the center of all religious activity at the time. It's where you went to connect to God. You would bring an offering. You would bring a sacrifice. You had to do something for God. When Jesus is walking, he's saying, listen, I am the true vine. Now, why does that matter? Well, draping the entrance of the temple would have been a massive pure gold grapevine. And it was so massive, the historian Josephus, who was not a Christian, said this. It was so magnificent with grapes the size of a man. Which symbolized, you got to understand in that day, when somebody saw grapes, it symbolized blessing, happiness, and vitality. All the things that they wanted and lived for in life. And this is where you begin to understand that Jesus is taking them on a journey. And Jesus is walking past, and he says, listen, I am the vine, and I am the only way that you can produce fruit in your life. If you think of it, in our context today, grapes and vineyards, they still symbolize blessing, happiness, and vitality. Jesus turned the water into the wine at the wedding in Cana in John chapter 2. Wine was for happiness and joy. It was for merriment, right? Something amazing is happening, and that is the purpose. How many of you know that Jesus still wants us to have happiness and joy? Amen? That's true. The point is simply this. When you think about a vine, it symbolizes happiness, blessing, and joy. See, wine can bring so many things to each of our lives, right? He's just saying, hey, in the drinking of wine, you know, the Bible says don't get drunk. But it symbolizes what we want in life. Happiness, blessing, joy, peace. Aren't those the things that we want, really? Your relationships, your marriage, your kids, your career, your finances, we, we want good. We want good fruit to come from those things. And Jesus is passing by the temple and says this, that all can only come from me. And then he repeats himself and then he ups the ante in verse five. He says, I am the vine which makes us what? You are the what? Branches. We are not the vine we are the branches. We are not the fruit that comes from uh, producing great things in our life. Now, a grapevine is very significant, and I had an opportunity to take a picture this last week of that. And the branches are like tiny twigs. And what is this saying? Outside of Jesus, you will never find significance in your life. But you know what's amazing in these tiny twigs, they produce so many grapes, more than you and I could ever imagine. Jesus goes on to say this in verse 5, if you remain in me and I in you, you won't just bear fruit, you'll bear what? Much fruit. More fruit than you and I could ever imagine in our life. The very next statement that comes from Jesus' mouth is one of the most astonishing lines in the entire Bible. Watch what Jesus said. Apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. 
Apart from me, Jesus says, you can do nothing. Think about this. Jesus is saying, apart from me, being disconnected from me, you will produce nothing. No thing. Nada. I mean, what are you talking about, Jesus? I mean, ladies, could you imagine your husband coming home from work and saying, woman, apart from me, you can do nothing? Would you call him good? Probably not. No. Jesus is who he says he is, or he is a wacko, right? Have you ever read this verse and just push back on it a little bit? I mean, really, just in all honesty. You ever read this and just push back on it? Like say, what? God, are you literally, literally serious? I can do nothing apart from you. You know, I don't want to come... Uh, across sacrilegious God. Please don't strike me with lightning at this moment. God, I really feel like I've done a lot of things without you, okay? Like, like this morning, I woke up and I put my pants on one leg at a time and I didn't even ask for your help, right? You know, I've gone to Chili's and ordered chips and salsa because I love them and I didn't even ask you even though I felt God in that Chili's, right? right? Jesus, you know this because you know all things. You know, I, I drove across town and I didn't even ask for your help, God. I mean, haven't we all pushed against this verse sometime or another in our lives, right? Jesus, the NFL season has started, and I'm going to cheer against any team that plays the Green Bay Packers. Yes, God. Uh, what? What's that, Lord? Oh, you're going to do the same thing? Okay, we're good, God. We're fine. All right? You know, and I just want to push back on that, you know, a little bit, that really apart from you, God, we can do nothing, nothing. Let me show you what the word nothing means. Nothing in this chapter verse actually means in the original language a quantity of no importance, which means it's worthless. Please hear what Jesus is talking about. He's saying you can accomplish all sorts of things in this life. You can attempt to accomplish all sorts of things in life without me, and at the end of your life, it will be absolutely worthless, nothing. My prayer is that, that at some point in your life, you realize that all the things that you might be chasing that you think are worth something without Jesus at the end of your life, I will promise you they are not worth a thing. Because apart from Jesus, it's worthless. What is Jesus saying? What is he telling? He's telling us that you are designed by God, your creator, to stay connected to him. And that is the only way that you will see fruit come out of your life. And as by staying connected to him. Let me put it this way. When a car manufacturer designs a car, they give you an instruction manual. And if a car is designed to run off on leaded gasoline and you put water in the tank, it's not going to work. It's going to be broke, right? It's going to break down. And, and God is your creator and designer. He's designed you only to find fruitfulness when you are connected to him. God designed you and I to be fueled, to be filled, and to produce fruit only in him. 
You and I were born with a God-sized hole in our life. How do I know? Because you are trying to fill your life with the things that are trying to fill a void inside of you, things only money can buy. Turn to the things that only power can give us. Or if you're married today, would you say this? Well, my spouse has met every single one of my needs in my life. And the answer would be no. That would be no. Because they weren't designed to. And then we turn to the bottle or we turn to the pill because we want to numb the pain. Because we know that there is a void and we feel it. It's a gnawing. It's inside of us. Many times we know we have a hole and and then there's something that makes the hole bigger and it wasn't even your fault. Like someone abused you or someone raped you. Someone abandoned you. And Maybe even it was a parent in your life, or maybe a spouse left you, and the hole that was there, it only feels bigger now. What Jesus is saying is there's only one thing that you can fill your life with that will give the fruit you need and fill that hole, and he says, that's me. And and so if we're not seeing the fruit that we want from our life, then maybe you're connected to the things that don't fulfill. There's a fact of nature that none of us in this room can ever escape. Here it is. What you're connected to determines what fruit comes from your life. That, That whatever fruit you see coming from your life is simply a byproduct of what you're connected to. And without Jesus, you'll never, ever see the fruit that you want or he will want. Jesus said it so clearly, so clearly, because the next words out of his mouth in verse 6 are this. If you do not remain in me, if you do not stay connected to me, you are like a branch that's thrown away and withered. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burn. And some of you know that your life is withering right in front of your eyes, and you're trying to hold on to it, but like ashes, it is slipping through your fingers. So when you're not seeing the fruit that you want to see from your life, you have to ask yourself a question, am I connected to Jesus? And are you 100% sure? How do you know? What fruit are you and I seeing from your life? Not the plastic stuff, not the fake stuff, not the pictures you post that make it look like your life is perfect and then you go behind closed doors and the the, the story is anxiety and anger and bitterness and and all this crazy stuff. Not that, not that. That's fake fruit. that's, That's a bill of goods the world sells you and I on, right? Are you with me, church? You're a little quiet this morning. Okay? Right? And not the financial fruit. How many of you know you can have a full bank account and an empty heart? Money can't buy a great marriage, and money can't help your kids when they're hurting. That is true. 
It can't. And money cannot solve your anxiety. It's only when you're connected to Jesus that you and I will see the fruit that we want, that we really want, that we really need in our life. You might say, well, how will I know what fruit I will see? Well, if it's not financial or success or how the world defines it, I mean, what is it? And this is where the Scripture makes it absolutely crystal clear to every single one of us. We do not even need to wonder about it because Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23 tells us what exactly those fruits are. The fruit of love and joy and patience, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All of these things, would that describe the kind of fruit that you are seeing in your life this day. Some of you are like, I was really good with all of these before the pandemic hit. Are you with me? I mean, I was great on love. I was great on joy. I was, man, wonderful on peace. But I'm going to tell you, when March hit, it all went downhill from there, right? So true, right? So many of us feel that way. Here, here's, here's a couple questions. Are there all sorts and kinds of love in your life? Is there joy in your home? When you go to bed at night, is there peace? With your kids, is there patience? Well, sometimes. Are you kind? Mm-hmm. Is there good, goodness evident in your life towards others? And are you faithful? Is there gentleness in you? Do you have self-control? Now, looking at this list, we realize it can be very convicting, isn't it? Because none of us are perfect. But, but listen, uh, are, do you see some of these things coming out of you on a regular basis? Are, are there, those are things that you see stirring inside of you, and they come out, and, and, and they, they produce fruit. And just for clarity in this, fruit isn't a test of your salvation, whether you're saved or not. It's a byproduct of it, Right? You may be thinking, well, man, you know, this list kind of got me. I'm not seeing a lot of that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave today, and I'm going to get after it, John. I'm going to get after it. I'm going to get after this fruit, and I'm going to see some fruit, and I'm going to work harder, and I will promise you that. And I'm going to get my spouse and say, I'm going to love you better. And I'm going to get my kids and say, listen, I will be patient with you like I never have before. And I'm going to fight anxiety. And and what Jesus is telling us is this. You've got to let this sink in. That's not how it works. But how many times that's how we go after fruit? I'm going to work harder. I'm going to get after this this time, and it's not going to get the best of me. This world's not going to get a hold on me, and I'm going to do better, and I'm going to make this happen. And all these things that we say internally, and Jesus says, listen, if that's what you're doing, you're not understanding my words to you. Why? Well, does a branch wake up every day and say, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to produce some fruit. No, what's a branch do? A branch stays connected to the vine, that's how it produces fruit naturally. That apart from Jesus, you can do nothing, no thing on your own because why? It's not from me and you. But what I'd like to do is it just as you look at this in th- this week and challenge you to read uh, John chapter 15 that says, 
I am the vine. And when you read this verse, you will see one word that is a key word that pops up everywhere. Jesus says, you've got to remain in me. Verse 7, you've got to remain in me. Can you say the word remain? Remain. Remain, remain, remain. 11 times Jesus says the word remain. Why? Verse 9, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide, word remain, in my love. How? Verse 10, if you keep my commandments. You will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. He, he's saying, listen, he is abiding in his Father. Jesus says, I want you to do what I am doing. I am abiding in the Father, and you need to abide in me so that you can have fruit come out of your life. Verse 11, he wants his joy to remain in him, that your joy may be complete, which is the word full, not empty. He wants you to be full of joy. He wants you to be joyful. The next verses, so love one another as he has loved us. And then he commands us to love one another. And then there comes a game changer in verses 14 through 17. He says, I don't call you servants any longer. I call you, what does he call us? He calls us friends. If you do what I command, because he tells us what he's heard from the Father and that he's going to make it known to us. You know, servants aren't privy to that. That's what he's saying. Servants aren't privy to that. You did not choose me, I chose you, and I've appointed you to bear fruit. I don't want you to miss this because some of you are like, well, I don't know what God wants to do in my life. He says, I have appointed you to bear fruit. That you and I have an appointment, and that appointment is to bear fruit in our lives. He says, that's an assignment. That's your assignment. To bear fruit. And that your fruit should remain in whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you so love one another. Because unless you're truly, without a doubt, connected to Jesus, you will never, ever, ever see the fruit that you want. Ever. You might see it for an hour. You might see it for a day. But that's plastic and that's fake because he says the fruit that I want to give you will last. Well, who is Jesus? Well, he's the true vine. He's the true vine. I just pray as you get this imagery that you go through your mind and you look at this and you look at this passage today. You see the imagery of Jesus taking the disciples and says, come on, come with me. And then I want you to walk, and we're going to go to the Garden of Gethsemane, and he walks them past the temple, and they see these huge grapes that represents happiness and blessing and vitality, saying, this, this is the type of life that I want you to live. This is, this is what I want you to live every single day, and you can have this. And yeah, we're not always going to get it right and get it perfect, but listen, he says, that's the true, true life that I want you to have. That's true. That's, I'm the true vine, and the only way that you can have the blessings and the happiness, and the joy, and the vitality is by staying and remaining connected to me. I want to let you know that March 2021 
we're going to go to Israel, all right? And Kevin Cover is leading that trip, and we have those brochures today at our Info Central desk. You're going to hear us talk more about it, but it is going to be an amazing trip. Some of you have never been to Israel. I've heard a lot of people say, well, I want to go to Israel. This is going to be a perfect time for you to go and see God's Word come alive in you. Kristen and I are going to be on that trip as well. It's going to be an amazing trip as uh, we get to be in Israel, and it's going to be a fantastic time together. You're going to understand imagery like you've never understood it before. The Word of God is going to come alive in you. Jesus is the true vine. My guess is that there are three groups of people in this room. So the next few moments as we get ready to bring us down, I want you to lean in a little bit more because I have a challenge for us today. And I have a challenge for you and I this week, church. Are you ready to take up the challenge? I would like you to place yourself in one of these three groups I'm about ready to talk about. The first group is you're connected to Jesus, you're seeing fruit. You know, it's not perfect. It's not every day. I get that. We're like that. I, you know, you say, I'm completely patient with my kids all the time. But you realize with Jesus' help, you have peace and joy even in the midst of everything going on in this world. You can find, you can find that. You're connected to Jesus. You're, you're seeing it. Here's my challenge for, for you, okay? Start leading others to Jesus. Start inviting people to Abundant Life Church with you. When you produce fruit, you have to understand something about fruit. The fruit isn't just for you. You ever seen people trying to contain their own fruit? Right? I'm just going to keep the fruit that God's given me. No, 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 no. Your time, your talent, your treasure. If you're keeping all those things for you, I'm going to tell you something. God's word's got a warning. If you keep all the fruit for you, what does fruit do? It rots. If you're finding out things are rotting in your life, the fruit that God's given to you, you are not giving it away. You have to, uh, you have fruit in your life, and so do I to serve others. And you and I are called to give our life away and help others. How do you do that? We'll start leading a group. We have our ALC groups here. Maybe it's, it is serving in a ministry. Well, that's the first group. That's a takeaway today. The second group, you were connected, but you're now broken away or broken off. You've made a decision to follow Jesus. You were baptized, but you know, uh, you know this, that, that your life is broken away from him. My challenge for you it's, is, is to get reconnected to Jesus. How? Well, it's coming back to him, right? It's coming back. You need to be regrafted, engrafted into the vine, in, into the vine again. And, and you do that by coming back to him and, and establishing a relationship again and you wanting him. And if you draw closer to him, he'll draw close to you. Coming back to his word, that his word says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And you connect to Jesus 
through your devotion, a prayer, and uh, through, through so many so, so many different ways. Be a part of a small group here so they can help connect you in. I don't know how you be, can be connected to Jesus without being connected to community because it's not even in the Bible. Leave that one with you. It's a place where you stop just sitting in rows and you start meeting in circles. The last group, you need to connect to Jesus. You know that you've truly not gone all in with the Lord. Listen, even the demons know Jesus. And what good does that do? You understand, they even know Jesus, right? But it's coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus and then being water baptized. And many people think, They need to get their life in order before they go all in with Jesus. You don't wait to get your life in order to follow Jesus. That's like a branch that's disconnected and dead on the ground. And the branch says, I'm going to produce some fruit uh, first. uh, Well, then I'll connect to Jesus. No, that that doesn't work that way. You can't produce the fruit that's honoring to him unless you are connected to him. Whatever happened, that you will produce fruit when we are connected to him first. Amen? That's my challenge. So as you put yourself in one of those groups today, would you do that challenge this week? Would you take that challenge up? Would you allow the Lord to speak to you as you read the gospel of John and stay fully connected, remain and abide and stay in constant, relationship with the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for these weighty passages in the New Testament that, Lord, really cause us to think of how we're living our life. That we would remain and that we would abide in you and that every single person in this room would take one of these challenges that's so related to them and and, and live that out and do what you've called us to do. I pray this in your mighty and your powerful name today and all of God's people said, amen. Thank you for tuning in and we hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to get in touch or would like more resources on how to live a successful Christian life, you can always find us at myabundantlife.com. Have a blessed week.